Hi there, welcome to our podcast for College Catholics where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. And today I welcome Father Matthew Maxwell again to speak a little bit about what the sacraments are in the Church uh, within this context of the liturgy and the sacramental economy or dispensation of God. Father Matthew is a priest of Midas Christi, ordained in November 2020, and he lives in our community here in Detroit. He has been preaching retreats offering spiritual direction, leading several faith study groups for about a year and a half, uh, going to two. Uh, so today we'll speak again about the sacraments. Welcome, Father Matthew. How are you doing? Good, Father. Good. Good to be here again. Thank you for we're joining us. We're on a us. roll. Yes, we're on a roll. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And I think it's good to share sometimes some of your experiences, you know, and sure. uh, anecdotes of your uh, short months as a priest. That is awesome to have that fresh Example. So sure. uh, now in the Gospels, and this has to do with our uh, theme today, in the Gospels we see some examples of how Christ used natural elements, human elements, to cure and to heal people, right? So we see two examples. One of them is um, the woman with the hemorrhages that had been for several years, I think like 30 years with hemorrhages, in Luke chapter 8, verse 44. And she wanted to be cured, and she was like a little afraid, you know? So right. she, she thought, well, instead of asking, like other people come and they worship and they ask Jesus, cure me, she would go and touch the tassel of his cloak. So we read, right. she came up behind him and touched the tassel on his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Right? So that's one example where the tassel of the cloak of our Lord served like a means for her cure. Right. For that grace, let's right. say, that and favor. That favor, that healing. And then another one, very interesting, very interesting when you think about it a bit more, is the healing of the man born blind in, the chap in chapter 9 of St. John, verses 6 and 7. Our Lord wants to show how he is the light of the world. So this man is blind, and he comes to Jesus. He was born blind. Everybody knew him in the temple, like born blind. So he uh, asks to be cured, and when he said this, Jesus, we read in the gospel, right? He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, so some mud, and smeared the clay in his eyes and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back able to see, right? Wow. So how there through the smearing of this clay and the cleansing with the water of that pool, he was cured. Now, the interesting thing, I would say, is that obviously Jesus did, didn't need to use those things, those elements, those instruments or means, human means, to cure these particular people because he is God. So he could have snapped his finger or not even snapped his finger. He was right. just, and with his mind, decide to cure them and, and they would be happened. cured. Yeah. Right. However, he chose to do it that way. And in that sense, these are the elements that become instruments for the action of God, and therefore they, they, they bear some resemblance to the sacraments, mm -hmm. right? The sacraments of the church. So yes. uh, the seven sacraments, right? So what are the sacraments, Father Matthew, and what role do they play in our life? So the sacraments, um, yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, they are channels uh, of grace. They're typically known as signs, right? Because signs are things that, that have a, a sort of 
external, physical, visible uh, aspect to them, right? They're sense perceptible. Right, exactly. You can feel them, smell them, touch them, Hear see them. them. Yeah, right. Exactly. And and there are signs that when when they take place, uh, the certain words that are said with a certain uh, material in front of you that become um, causes, right, of God's of God's grace then and there. So they don't just represent something, but they actually cause, right, that grace to come. And, and, and in that sense, they uh, become channels for us to receive God's grace um, by, their, by their own action, by the fact that, that we just do them. Uh, so these, these uh, sacraments, the seven sacraments, what would be, for example, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, penance or confession, anointing of the sick, holy orders, a priesthood, and matrimony. Right, exactly. And and like um, perhaps I mentioned briefly last week, uh, there there is a little bit of a, a distinction between most of them aimed at being helping us in our own personal spiritual life, but then two of them in particular, matrimony obviously, right, and holy orders, being aimed at a more social aspect, right, helping us in a state in life that also involves other people. Right, right. And to carry now, that out well. Now, these sacraments were invented by the church in the Middle Ages to control people. Right, exactly. And then, and we still do it. No. <laughs> Sorry, don't, no scandalizing people here. So, who invented these sacraments or who established them? Right, they obviously have to uh, have come from Jesus Christ is what the church teaches. So, how does the church know uh, what sacraments are and, and, and how many there are? Because it finds these things as having come from Jesus Christ. He had to have established them. Now, why is that? That's absolutely necessary because imagine for a second, Father Patrick, that you and I wanted to get together and, and find an eighth sacrament, right? Right. We wanted to have a, a new way of, of channeling God's grace, right? And so we, I don't know, we, we get a ball and we, we put together a little ritual with this ball. And then we say that whoever partakes in this little game of ours receives grace. Right. Right. But then the question is, well, how are you getting that grace to those people who participated? Right. Do you produce grace, Father Pratt? I can't. No, I can't either. Oh, okay, good. Unfortunately, so, <laughs> yeah. not by my own power. <laughs> right, exactly. So so it's obvious that in order for people, we said last week that grace is a participation in God's nature, God's life. And so in order for us to receive that, that obviously can only come from God. He's the right. one who decides that and he's the one who gives it. And so Jesus Christ, being God as well as man, Right. Jesus Christ established the way in which he wants to give us that grace. And we can't deviate from that. We can't subtract from it and we can't add a new one. Right. So, so in a sense, um, God, Christ, Jesus Christ, who is God, has to connect, right? It's like a hyperlink or so, right? So right. he connects the materials that he chooses, water, wine, bread, olive oil right. for the anointing, yeah. imposition of hands, particular words, yeah. to a grace that he he says he will he he commits, right, to uh giving that grace every time or any time that these sacraments and these materials are used in a particular way. Right. Exactly. So we as human beings cannot give that grace. We cannot make that commitment for God because only God can do it. And we cannot choose the elements. So we cannot say, oh, I'm going to use coffee instead of water for baptism or right. Coca-Cola instead of wine for the Eucharist because Jesus is the one who established that connection between the grace he's going to give 
and the elements that he's using. Right, right? And, the, and the words, right? So I can't just change the words of consecration. I need to use the ones that, that, that come from him. Right, right. so in, in that sense, we say that there's a matter and a form. So there's particular elements that we have to use, water, again, wine, bread, right. and uh, some particular motions. Gestures, right? yep. And gestures, and particular words that, that go are along the, with it. Right, they are the, the, the form of the sacrament. Right. That only these words can be used and no others. Right, they accompany it. One way I remember a professor of mine explaining it is that words help specify gestures, right? Because perhaps um, while pouring, let's say for example, pouring water over someone's head, obviously in baptism, means something, it's significant. And that's why actually our Lord would have chosen water as a sign of cleansing, but also the words help to specify more particularly to make more manifest what exactly that particular pouring of the water means. Because right. there are other moments in life when we pour water. But uh, this means something very, very, very specific. Spe yeah, exactly precise, um, which is the 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 uh, grace coming in right and God becoming a, a a child of God at that moment. Right. So each sacrament has like its own specific grace, and we were talking a little bit last time. That's why it's good that last episode we spoke about grace. And this time we can say what graces there are, right? So right, exactly. So specific, every sacrament has a specific grace. So through baptism, uh, for example, right, uh, original sin is taken away and we're given the sanctifying grace and we're member, right. made members of the church and so forth. Right. Or through confession, our mortal sins and our sins are forgiven mm -hmm. and we're given strength. So each sacrament has its particular grace mm -hmm. and only God can give that sacrament, that grace. Right. But on the other hand, what I think is very important of the sacraments, and this is one impo very important point that I think we, we have to convey, is that we know that when those sacraments are celebrated in the right way, according to the mind of the church, and we have the right dispositions to receive them, we effectively receive those graces. Right. It does not depend on our let's say, uh, on the devotion of the priest or right. on how much devotion we have. No, we are receiving the sacraments and it does not even depend on how much we feel it. We cannot feel anything of forgiveness of sins, but confession forgives us our sins. Right. The baby doesn't have to feel that now he's in the state of grace after baptism. No, he is in the state of grace because the sacrament was properly uh, performed. Right, exactly. And that, that grace is received. Now, there is that grace being given for sure. Also, a slightly subjective aspect, which is how much of that grace can I retain and how, how much will it affect my life? Okay, well, that will, will depend on how well prepared I am, right? right. So, for example, the Eucharist. Well, the, the Eucharist, when the priest says certain words uh, with, with certain material, the bread and the wine, that becomes the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, absolutely. And, and I can participate in that through my communion, but obviously, and, and that will give me grace as long as I'm not in the state of mortal sin. Um, but obviously how much grace and how much effect that will have in my life will depend on how well disposed I am and how right. well prepared I am. So that's hence the necessity or the, the importance, let's say, of preparing for going to mass, of participating in the mass, of being there present, not only physically, but also spiritually, right? Um, and, and mentally. So as to be able to draw all of those fruits out of the sacrament, it'll have a much greater effect and impact on our lives than if I just went 
was totally distracted, didn't even think about what was going on, and went up and presented myself for communion. Right, or receiving communion just to to appear to be Catholic or right. to win the votes of the people, you right. know, whatever yeah, exactly. those things that we see sometimes in the world. Yeah. Right, very good. So, so here I have a little um, summary from mm -hmm. the Catechism uh, about the sacraments. It's from the Compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 224. It says that the sacraments, sacraments instituted by Christ, very important, instituted by Christ and entrusted to the Church are efficacious signs of grace, perceptible to the senses. Through them, divine life is bestowed upon us. And there are seven sacraments, baptism, confirmation, holy Eucharist, penance, anointing of the sick, holy orders, and matrimony, right? So just to put as a, a simple example or comparison, I think it is like an, the aqueducts of the Roman Empire, right? right? That they had the water in a reservoir, or our pipes, you know, pipelines for water in our modern world in, in the U.S., uh, where we have a reservoir of water, And then we have a spigot in our in our house that where the water comes out. And how does how does that water come to my to my tap water? Well, it comes all through an aqueduct when right. when necessary, right? In places yep. where that is necessary, uh, it comes through uh, the pipelines and the diff different pipes, and it comes to our uh, tap, right? Right, right? And that's what the sacrament is. It gives me, it connects me to the. Sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That's a fountain, and God is a fountain of all graces. But how can I reach out and grab that grace while I receive it through the sacraments? Right, exactly. I got totally distracted by a fun fact there when you were talking about the aqueduct because we, uh, as you know, our, our house in, in Rome where we study theology is outside of Rome. It's in a, it's near a town called Bracciano. It's a wow, good 45, super cool. 50 minutes. Cool place to study for theology. Yeah, exactly. So Bracciano is on a lake. So there's an aqueduct that starts at the Lake of Bracciano, and I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, plaza, right? The piazza, the square outside of St. Peter's Basilica now in the center of Rome that has two fountains that were designed by Bernini. Well, wow, so so the, I remember, so there's a Basilica of St. Peter, and in front of it, uh, the St. Peter's Square. St. Peter's Square. There's the obelisk. There's an the obelisk in the very middle, and, and then... two fountains. Yeah, two fountains on the right and the left of the obelisk, right? So those obelisks are actually fed by the aqueduct, the, the, which comes... The fountains. From, sorry, the fountains, thanks, are fed by the water, which comes from Bracciano, the Lake of Bracciano, fed no by way. that aqueduct, yeah. And uh, so it's still working, the aqueduct. It's still working. Apparently, wow. back in the day of, I don't know if it was in the 1600s or when they uh, built the aqueduct, apparently, the one who was in charge of the area of Bracciano was demanding a certain amount of money from, from the Pope in order to turn on that spigot. Uh, no and way. the Pope refused to pay it for a while, for about 10 years. So you had fountains there in St. Peter's Square that were never turned on. No way. Until they could come to an agreement. And uh, anyways, the, the, the direct the authority of Bracciano finally decided to allow that to, Very good. to well, turn on. <laughs> but that's a good example because we receive graces through the sacraments that come from Christ and gives us the assurance that we're receiving that grace that comes from God. The sacrament is that channel of grace. And I think uh, one last thing to mention today, we were speaking about uh, this before um, before the, the episode recording, uh, how there are two types of instruments of grace in, in, connected to Christ. One is his, his own humanity, 
that is like an instrument connected to the divinity, and then the sacraments that are also instruments but are separated from the divinity. Exactly. All, all of the grace that we receive from God comes through in some way or another the humanity of Christ necessarily, right? Um, he's the head of the church, and so that's that divine sap or that divine, if you will, life that flows to the rest of the church goes through the head, and it comes through Christ, right? And there's special names for that, uh, the capital grace, right, that Christ has as the head of the church, cap, caput being head in Latin. And so um, that has to pass on through him. But since he's given us uh, a very tangible way of receiving that, it's not just through his humanity. It starts from his humanity, but then he wants to apply it to us in very tangible ways. And so he's established uh, what we would call separated channels, things that aren't intrinsically united to the divinity in the same way that his humanity is in order to receive his grace. And those are the sacraments. They'll use um, examples or analogies for this, um, saying that if if I were to do something, if I if I wanted to paint a picture, let's say, right? Um, I and I was I was using obviously my arm and my hand it had a real role in that. Well, those are instruments that cause the painting. Yet they're and, connected to and me. They're connected to me, right? Right, exactly. So similarly. Jesus Christ's humanity is connected, united to the divinity and, and is a channel of the grace, right? Now, there are also going to be, in order to paint, um, there's also going to be other instruments that I need to use, unless I'm doing finger painting and just dipping right. my finger in the paint and then painting. <laughs> no, but typically we use, we did that when we were in kindergarten, but right. typically now we'll use a, a paintbrush, right? And so that also becomes a channel of the grace. And yet the paintbrush isn't united to me. It's separate from me. It's, it has a, its own its own being, its own existence, if you will, right? And so it's a it's a separated channel. And in the same way, the sacraments are not intrinsically united to the divinity, and yet they're they're instruments, they're channels of grace. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, uh, before we close today's episode, do you have any example or fun fact of your priesthood, right? Where you you know experience the grace of God through a sacrament in a particular way. I have one I can say while you think. <laughs> I was once in an airport waiting uh, to in line to get on onto the plane uh, near the gate, and uh, there was a gentleman behind me, and he I could he see he was staring at me right, and I I was dressed as a priest, and I thought okay he never has seen a priest before. <laughs> Uh, but then he kept looking at me and uh, kind of uh, trying to say something, but he didn't say anything. So, well, you know, I just didn't say anything either. And then after a while, uh, he kept looking at me, so I said, hello. I says, uh, hello, um, are you a priest? Yeah, yeah, I'm a priest. Uh, oh, okay, so Catholic priest. Yes, yes, Catholic priest. Oh, so so you hear confessions and that type of thing? <laughs> That's what we do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear confessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, and uh, uh, he said, um, can you hear my confession? Yes, of course, <laughs> yes. So I said, but what, right now, you mean? Yeah, yeah, right now. Well, but we're in the line to get on the plane. Uh, <laughs> people are listening here. No, no, but why Why is so urgently? Well, he says, well, because I am going to die. Oh, wow. And I said, what do you mean you're going to die? Well, I, I know that I'm going to die soon. Whoa. 
Wow. I th- so I thought, well, that that totally makes sense to want to go to confession. So sure. Um, so then, while well, I had a little bit of a conversation there, asking why why he actually thought that, or was it a perception? So then, conclusion is, yeah, he wanted to go to confession, and I asked him if he if we could do it once we finished the flight because right. it would be easier to find a place to sit down. Uh, so we came arrived to Detroit, and then we sat in a place where there was less people. Right. He did his confession. Wow. And I went my way, he went his way. And he wow. just how God uses the instrument of the priesthood, and particularly the sacrament of confession, to bring peace of mind to a person who knew they were going to die. And probably he might have wanted to find a priest, and he never saw one. And now he's thinking, I'm going to die, and I don't have a priest. And it happens to be the person next to him going on the plane. On the plane is a priest. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, incredible. That's incredible. incredible. God works through those. God works through those ways. I remember a professor talking about uh, when he was accompanying his one of his parents in a in a in an illness, and they were at the hospital. He stayed there all night. It was a, it was a pretty rough night for everyone. He was mm-hmm. in the in the room with his uh, I can't remember his mom or his dad. And at a certain point, it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. So I just got to step out and get some fresh air. And he said, in the very moment that he opened the door and stepped out from like one or two doors down, someone else opened the door and stepped out. And they both sort of turned to each other. It was a lady. And she looked at him and he looked at her and she couldn't believe her eyes. She said, a priest. I was just hoping for a priest to come and, and aid us wow, here incredible. in this room. And he said, What? And so, and so then he was able to go and assist yeah, either with, I can't remember if it was with confession or with anointing of the sick, the person who was two doors down. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So that was, he said he that always remained very marked in his memory. There, there you go. A perfect instrument right. of God's grace. Yeah, exactly. Father Matthew, thank you so much then for sharing all this wisdom. Yeah, and, my pleasure. Um, and for, for, yeah, gracing us with your presence here today. And for all those who are listening, thank you for sharing your time with us today. If you like this episode and this content, make sure you share it with your friends uh, so that they also may participate in the sacraments in a devout and reverent way so as to be able to get to heaven. Uh, and also make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. And if you have any questions or comments on this and any other episode, make sure you email me at info at collegecatholics.org. Again, info at forcollegecatholics.org. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And we will see you next time.